Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, the party dives deeper into the tunnels and eventually come across some prison cells. Trapped inside one is a kobold, Veng Ashstalker, who lets them know about a strange, evil, dark one who's been keeping him captive and torturing him and fighting against both his allies with the cave dragon as well as some of the drow. Before they can question him further, he is startled and scampers off. And now, as we return to our game already in progress, the party is running after the startled kobold. Well, let's, uh, Jonathan Magimuscular darts off after him. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, what? Are you sure we could actually learn anything more from him? Well, he's going to lead us to the cave dragon. Yeah. Well, it, but what about this other thing, which seems to be a pressing issue? I agree. I think we need him to maybe help us, like, figure it out. As if <laughs> nothing else, we need to silence him because he'll ruin our stealth. Yeah. So, Jonathan the Magimuscular is after him. I, I follow. Bernie sighs and follows the state of the stealth bubble. Okay, well, you are still kind of in the stealth bubble. Jonathan, you run through the door and after the kobold, but he is fast and booking it. You keep him mostly in sight as you head down this tiny hallway and into a room. This is another large room, and this one hums with arcane energy. You can feel it in the air. As soon as you enter, the hair on the back of your neck and arms stand up. It's a longer chamber than it is wide. It's about 90 feet long to the other side, but only about 50 feet wide. And there are very familiar gold wires, thin gold filaments that snake around the ceiling and the walls before they all come over to this large marble slab set against the left wall. On this slab, you see a long, thin-wrapped mummified body, but it's not humanoid. It's almost snake-like with strips of cloth wrapped around it and then the wire wrapped loosely around that. You see this and you also see on the right side of the room your cobalt friend who has tried to book it through this room and is currently trying to dodge two shambling corpses who have moved towards him as he's tried to run by. Oh, for fuck's sake. One of the zombies manages to clip this kobold with a clawed hand, and you hear him ah! as that happens. The kobold falls over, the side of his chest ripped open. As he falls, you enter the room and have a moment to react as they've attacked him, and now they turn to look at you. So you have uh, one thing you can do right now before we roll initiative. What do you want to do? They they called this a snapshot or a reactionary shot in uh, in XCOM. And in my case, it's reactionary fireball. All right. I'll let you do that. And uh, and it's going to I'm going to sculpt it around Vang's poor body. OK, both the zombies fail. So go ahead and roll damage. Twenty three. All right. You cast this fireball and they go up in flames. One of them turns to ash. The other one is charred, burnt. He's practically almost a skeleton at this point, but he does rise back up to at you. And we can roll initiative. Oh, for fuck's sake. And since we're kind of, since everything already exploded, uh, I'm going to yell, 
Bernie, I need to spare a uh, spare the dying in here ASAP. Okay, that's what Bernie will do. Oh, not bad. Uh, Sixteen. I got a natural twenty on that initiative for book, so he's gonna get a twenty-one. Slancha. Bernie got a fifteen. Seventeen. Three. Fifteen. Slowly getting up there. So this kind of makes sense because. Bucks would be next to Jonathan as he runs into the room. So he sees everything I just described. And what would Bucks like to do as he gets to go first? Uh, Bucks is going to see the explosion and he is going to he's going to try and fly to the other. So how big is this room? It's fairly large. It's much longer than it is wide. You've entered from the south side of the room, and you can see it's about 90 feet long, maybe about 50 feet wide. You can barely see the end of it with your dark vision just because you've run into the room, but you do see there is another door on the north end. This whole room crackles with that same necrotic energy that's reminiscent of the room that you were in with the pillars and the skeletons and all the gold necrotic wires. You encountered that a few days ago. So th- is this like a necrotic Faraday cage where like the wires like up the walls and around the ceiling and like encasing us or are there like specific regions where the wires are? You'd have to roll some checks in order to investigate any more. Okay, uh, Bucks will do that because this is trying to determine where Bucks is going to go. Okay. So he is going to do a quick perception check. Uh, eight. Um, not good. He was a little distracted by the fireball. <laughs> As one would be. He's not really sure. Without getting closer to some of the wires or without inspecting their origin point, uh, they seem to be snaking in from all over. And some of them are wrapped around this mummified creature on the slab. But he's really unsure, just looking at them from the entranceway of this room, what they're for. Okay, well... He just basically wants to fly into the room, stick to the wall, and stay away from a coil. So that means if he slow flies, like not quite at his speed, he just doesn't want to be next to a wire. I will say he would know, even though it wasn't the best perception check, there do seem to be wires everywhere on all of the walls, the ceiling, the floor, sticking to a side close to either the wall or the ceiling. He would actually be very close to some of the wires. Okay, I guess he's going to fly. I'm going to be like, Bucks, I have no idea what's going on in here. Get out. and Come come back when it's safe, but I don't know what's going to happen with this. So Bucks is going to, uh, instead of flying forward, fly out of the room. Okay, he quickly flies back into the room you were in. Travancore, it's your turn. All right, plain Jane arrow. Nothing fancy attached to it, because I don't know how long we'll be in this dungeon. And I get advantage on this attack, so... Will the 14 hit? Yeah, that hits. I'm assuming you're going after the zombie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 14 yeah. hits. Sorry. Go ahead and roll damage. Sh- Gotta call my shots. And that's gonna do six piercing. Your arrow sinks into this body, which is already practically burnt to a crisp, and it stumbles, and then it gets back up again. Lovely. Travancore's done. All right, Jonathan, it's back to you. Magic missile. And will he have to do his bullshit between each magic missile? That's an excellent question. My gut says because you can split the magic missile into several darts, it will be several rolls, but go ahead and read off magic missile to me. All right, you create three glowing darts of magical force. Each dart hits a creature of your choice that you can see within range. A dart deals D4 plus one damage to its target. All strike simultaneously, and you can direct them to hit one creature or several. 
All right, I'm going to say, because they can be separate targets, each one is going to be separate damage. In this specific case, because most of the time it wouldn't matter, but you've fought zombies like this that seem to be able to come back from being almost dead. So if you're going to put all three on the zombie, I do need three separate damage amounts. Okay. Uh, Two, then five, and then four. All three darts sink in, it takes it, and it resists all three darts, and it it seems to still be standing there, and you're annoyed. Wow, what does he need to roll to, to die? Or how hard do you need to hit him might be the more accurate question. Anything else you'd like to do? Nope, that's it. All right, Bernie, it's your turn. Uh, where is the cobalt com- in relation to the zombie? The zombie is right next to the body of this cobalt. The other zombie that was there is now dead and lying in a pool of its own pus, but the one Jonathan just tried to magic missile is still standing there, and it is right next to the body of the cobalt. Okay, so Bernie's not dumb enough to get close to this zombie, so she's gonna, before she does her spare the dying, she's gonna sacred flame him. He's gonna make a dex save throw. Uh, that would be a 13, so I'm pretty sure it fails. Yeah, it fails, so he it's 2d8 now, which is not a lot. 7, and it's radiant damage. That's important. He dies. Yes! Mm -hmm. Woo! That's why we love clerics. And also Bernie. Yeah, the radiant energy sears into the chest of this zombie, leaving a gaping hole, and it very quickly falls over, no longer animated. Anything else? Bernie goes, she's going to run up to the kobold and do spare the dying on him. Can you do that as a bonus action? Uh, are we out of initiative? No. Damn it. Never mind. She can't. She's going to stay right where she is because she thought everything. So you're not going to run up to the body then? Yeah, she's going to run up to the body. She thinks we're out of initiative. (laughs) Okay. Carlton, what would you like to do? I look around and I feel this danger sense of like something is still going to happen. Why? We're not out of the woods just yet. I don't know, but feel (laughs) So bless Bless you. you. Isn't tight. I say to Bernie as she runs past me. Uh, so I will ready my uh, axe to come down with a mighty swing on the first hostile I see. Okay, but you're going to stay there? Uh, I'm going to kind of split the difference between Jonathan and Bernie, so that way I can protect uh, protect them. And then realizing Bernie's still a little far, I'm like, no, I'm going to use my halberd. It's a good thing Bernie's like way under like your natural halberd sweeping reach. All right, you run up to Bernie attempting to protect her as she leans over the body of this kobold, and you hear this strange slithering noise and a hissing. Carlton, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. (laughs) Oh, I'm great at those. Back to single digits, folks. That's a nine. Okay, you run up to stand over Bernie protectively, and as you do, you hear this shifting slithering noise. You turn towards the figure on the slab, and it started to writhe in this snake-like way. One of its sides has risen up, and you can see through the bandages this strange, decrepit, humanoid face, except it's attached to what looks like the body of a snake. Despite its horrific appearance, you feel a bit of pity for this thing, and... You are charmed as it rises up to coil around itself, some of the wires snapping free. It turns and hisses at a bunch of the rest of you, but you are currently charmed by it. Cool. I think it's Beetlejuice. This is Beetlejuice. I'm going to need more beer if we're going to fight Beetlejuice. Hold on. All right. Well, while you get more beer, Shadow 
it's your turn. What would Shadow like to do? Alright, um, Shadow should have enough movement to be able to run diagonally, unless there's anything in the way, um, right up to it. I would say to the uh, to the square, but beneath it and to the right, red. And what Shadow is going to do is he is going to claw the snake guy. Will 12 hit? A 12 will not hit. It, it's a little bit of an awkward thing. This This thing is still up on a slab about five feet in the air. And so when Shadow tries to swipe at it, he just barely misses. Yeah, well, Shadow's done. Okay, and Bucks is in the other room. I'm assuming he's staying in the other room. Oh, yeah. All right, Travancore, it's your turn. All right, this time I am going to Hunter's Mark, this uh, this uh, dealy snake guy, as my bonus action. And I am going to try and hit him with an arrow as well. Will a 13 hit? A 13 will not hit. Ugh. It just manages to slither out of the way so that your arrow goes flying past it and hits the wall behind it. Uh, well, Shadow's going to use his reaction to try and bite this guy. I'm determined to, to take it out of this fellow. Sure. I'm thinking a 22 might might just get the job done. Yes, that will hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Ah, uh, it's going to do seven damage. Yeah, he rakes across his side, peeling some of the wrappings away from this creature and revealing more of this snake-like body that it almost looks zombified, like decayed flesh. It's disgusting. Oh, it does? All right. Managed it one out of three attacks. Uh, Travancore is going to back up just a little bit um, to the down to the right, just five feet back, and it's going to end his turn. All right. You're basically in the doorway now. Jonathan, okay. it's your turn. All right. Is there, is there uh, any, like, is this right up against the wall, or can I get behind it to be flanking with Shadow? It's right up against the wall. The slab that it's currently curled up on top of is directly against that left wall. All right. I am just going to run f- towards Shadow, but uh, I'm going to stick to about right there, behind Shadow and a little forward into the room. And then I'm going to... Uh, I don't have any more second level spells, though. Uh, let's see how some magic missiles do against it. And I'm going to... So let's go... Wow. Uh, eight total damage. Okay, these darts sink in. They slam all three of them into the body of this thing. It reels a bit, and then it hisses at you. All right, that's it for me. All right, Bernie, it's your turn. Bernie's going to cast a guiding bolt at it, because she wants to test a theory, and she doesn't want to waste something. 21? That'll hit. All right, but it is 46, and that's pretty good. Yeah. And it's radiant damage. 14 points of radiant damage. Can I do like a bonus like perception check to see if it looked like that radiant damage like hit it any harder? Absolutely. You're trying to determine if it's undead or not? Basically, yeah. Sure. Roll a perception check. All right. It's been undead or Frankenstein's monstered. That's a natural 20 plus five. That's a 25. Uh, You might want to just tell me everything about this Beetlejuice creature. That's name is Beetlejuice. (laughs) It's not Beetlejuice, but it's also not undead. Despite the fact that it has these necrotic patches along the side, it doesn't seem to be undead. It does take your damage and it doesn't seem to resist anything, but you don't get the extra damage that you expect from something that's undead. And as you peer at it really closely, it was originally hard to see any details because it was wrapped in this mummified state, but thanks to Shadow clawing at it a lot, the wrappings are starting to come loose. It's 
definitely some sort of naga, but you think there might have been surgery done to it. The necrotic patches are there, but there's also these sections where the scales of the snake part of it have been stripped away, and the flesh looks like dragon scales have been stitched into it. And as you look at its head, the Nagas, you know, have a snake head with kind of an intelligent face. This is very much a human head, like a harpy would have. It's grotesque and female, but evil and twisted. If Mary Shelley's Frankenstein actually existed in this world, that might be a lot closer to what you're thinking, but it does look alive. There's bleeding from its wounds, and it looks hurt. You also notice that as it writhes around on this slab and attacks and is attacks, that the gold wires that were wrapped around it seem to actually be buried into its flesh. So you might say, it's alive! Sorry, I was waiting. (laughs) Okay. Bernie's gonna say like, hey, Hey, Carlton, we need to take, we gotta take care of those wires. Is Carlton still charmed, Oh, Carlton's still charmed. Shit, Carlton's charmed. God damn it. She's like, hey. Yeah, Bernie turns to Carlton and says this, and he's just kind of smiling at this creature. And he's like, ah, new friends. Okay, Bernie, anything else you want to do? I was going to cast spiritual weapon as a bonus action. Okay, where would you like to put it? Uh, I want to put it right up next to this, this Naga hybrid franken beetlejuice stein and what does it look like when i was very small my mom used to kill copperheads with a garden hoe <laughs> she used to like she had to chop off their heads if she found them so it, it's a garden hoe but it's the garden hoe my mother used to use if she found a copperhead for like chopping its head off does this thing have to concentrate on keeping me charmed or no nope Damn it. Anything else you want to do, Bernie? Um, no, Bernie's gonna sit right here and wait for it to get angry at her and kill her with Carlton. All right, so Carlton is charmed, but he's not dominated. The big difference being that he now considers the Naga friendly, so you won't attack it, but you don't suddenly see your companions as enemies. So you're charmed, and you can still take all of your actions and movement, but this thing is now your friend. Guys! Why are you being so mean to? Oh, oh my god, I didn't get your name. What's your name, friend? Are you actually asking? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it just hisses at you. Why are you being so mean to? He's cool, guys. You're like my best friend. All right, so unless there's anything else you'd like to do, you do get a saving throw at the end of your turn. (laughs) Ten. This thing is still your friend. Guys, his is... Is awesome! Like, he's so cool! He has all the best toys! Alright, it's this thing's turn. So, Shadow used his reaction, and Carlton considers this thing a friend. So, when it slithers off the dais and heads next to Jonathan, the only thing that actually gets an attack of opportunity is Bernie's spiritual weapon. So, Bernie, go ahead and roll an attack. (gasps) Yes! It was a six. But a natural one, so it was a big fail. (laughs) Well, it is a spiritual weapon that is controlled by you, and you're a little too distracted by the fact that Carlton is suddenly being very friendly with this thing. Bernie, just told me he loves Fresca. (laughs) Carlton, that should be a sign to you that he's absolutely evil and must die. Don't call it a callback. No! That's great taste! You're just spitting all over yourself. That's not his name or her name. She might not even have a gender. 
Oh god, did I assume cisgender? The fuck happened so to Carlton? I don't know what the fuck happened to Carlton. Because that's that's what his name. Because he heard it go, and in Carlton's mind, in Carlton's mind, he goes, "What's your name?" And the thing goes, Carlton goes, "Oh, his name is." Well, I have an explanation. <laughs> that's the logic there. That's I, it. I just think that like he's charmed, so he thinks this is like the cool kid in school. So he wants to be just like him. So young so Carlton, cool. one impressionable Carlton, is trying to impersonate the snake because snakes are cool now. Oh yeah, snakes, snakes are super are cool, cool now. now. Anyway, this thing slithers off of the slab that it's been on and moves up to Jonathan and goes <laughs> at him. Oh hi. Did you mage armor? Uh, last fight. All right, I need Jonathan to make a Constitution saving throw. All right. Ooh, that's good. Oh, good. Uh, let's see. Twenty. All right, you do manage to resist some of the negative waves that come out of this creature's mouth. So it hisses at you, and you almost see this darkness come spraying out from it. So you do take half damage. Always with the negative waves, Moriarty. That is a deep fucking cut. That That is before Jack Edithel's time. Yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> That's like the first time in a while, like, one of these things went over my head. That is an oddball from uh, from uh, Kelly's Heroes. So you normally would have taken 34 necrotic damage, but you did resist, oh, so you only ugh. take half. So you take 17. Yeah, you managed to resist most of this necrotic spray that comes at you. It leaves you feeling <laughs> disgusting and decrepit. <laughs> and that is the end of its turn. It's Shadow's turn. Shadow, seeing this snake attack, uh, his friend Jonathan is going to channel his inner Ricky Tiki Tavi and go all mongoose on this guy. He's going to move yeah! into... Fucking love Ricky Tiki Tavi. He should be able to move through Carlton's space. Carlton's still friendly to Shadow. He's just also friendly to the snake. So he's going to go... So he's flanking. And he's going to Take a bite out of crime, by which I mean snakes. Ooh, 21. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Radical. Ah, four damage. All right. It's not as much damage as he was hoping, but he does take a chunk. It's Bucks' turn, and unless I'm told otherwise, he's hanging out in the other room. So, Travancore, it's your turn. All right. Well, inspired by his bear, and a little embarrassed that he's not able to hit this guy. He's still Hunter's Marked, at least, so gonna shoot him with an arrow. Well, 20, but not natural, but that should be enough. Absolutely. Radical. So first we're going to do the piercing, which is going to be seven. And then we're going to do the hunter's mark, which is going to be an additional one. Awesome. Wow. Your D6s are just not being kind to you. You know what? I have been, I, I can't even complain. Like through the course of this game, I've been astonishingly lucky. So I think it's finally caught up with me. It happens. Every once in a while, you just have those games. Anything else? Oh yeah. Shadow's going to use his reaction to get another bite out of this guy. And he has advantage. So... Thank God for that. 15. That just barely hits. Now that this thing has come off of the platform that it was on, he seems to have an easier time actually connecting with this creature. Another seven damage. Yeah, you're starting to see big, gaping, bleeding wounds in this thing. Jonathan, it is in your face. All right, I am going to cock the finger guns and cast uh, Scorching Rays at uh, third level. So I'll get four of them at advantage. So pew, pew, pew. So, first one, 18. That hits. 14. That misses. Just barely, but it does miss. Uh, 18 again, and soft 20. And those hit. So, three of them hit. All right, 15 total. 
It hisses as these slam into its body, burning off more of the wrappings, more of these weird scales and the strange cuts that have been sewn together. And it's still hissing at you, but it does look very hurt. All right, that is the end of that. All right, Bernie, it's your turn. Bernie's gonna do, let's see. She's going to do her thing, and she's going to do the spiritual thing. She's going to do Spare the Die on this guy, on our little kobold. All right. I believe that just happens. He is just stabilized. I just touch him. He's stabilized. And then I'm going to move my thing around. My my little hoe, my garden hoe is going to come around. So it's making this nice little triangle of doom between Shadow and Jonathan the Magic Muscular. And I'm going to okay. try once again. This time with advantage, right? Yes. 17 or 20? Yes, that hits. <laughs> Either of them. Okay. Either of them. And then spiritual weapon does... Do, 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 do. How much? I don't know. 1d8 plus spellcasting ability modifier, so 1d8 plus 5. Six damage. But it does damage! And I saved this cobalt from doom, maybe. Well, you've definitely stopped it from dying, I'll say that. Uh, no, she's gonna continue to just, like, chill here. Okay. Carlton, your friend is looking pretty hurt. Oh, God, no, guys! Listen, I was gonna just... Maybe this will cheer him up. And I take... I reach in my bag and I pull up, put on the hat of disguise. And I look just like Carlton, except now I wear green and black robes with a snake uh, emblem on the uh, the left breast from, like, that play we saw in Waterdeep called the Harry Potters. Those guys were assholes! And I'm like, hey, look, I'm a Slytherin! Right, buddy? Does that make you feel better? Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to roll to see if he's seen that play, but we'll know shortly. Uh, go ahead and make your wisdom saving throw. Eleven. Fuck my dice tonight. Your friend gives you a cocked-headed look, and then it's his turn. It's going to reach out with its tail and gently <laughs> wrap on. around your waist. Me? Carlton? Carlton? Yeah. So you feel this okay. tail. Oh, I reach down and I kind of hug it as, as it's coming around me. I'm like, oh, you're giving me hugs. Yeah, it's not a strangling thing. It just seems to be grabbing you. And then there's this flash of light and the two of you vanish. A moment later, the two of you appear right in front of Travancore. As they pop into existence around you, it grins oh, at Carlton. It gives this sly <laughs> grin. And then it looks back at the rest of the room and it starts to mutter some arcane words under its breath. Uh, do I hear it? Can I see it? Yes. Counterspell. All right, counterspell's a third level spell, right? It is. Then I need you to roll. Oh, for fuck's sake. I have been rolling not great tonight. What'd you roll? A 10. Okay, you cast counterspell and it resists. It resists your counterspell, so this still goes off. Dice jail. Digital dice jail. Between Jonathan and Bernie, the air starts to spin and whip into a frenzy. The 20 feet between you that includes the two of you is suddenly difficult terrain, and the whipping is so hard that I need the two of you to make strength saving throws. Oh, wonderful. What's my strength mod? Oh, good. I have a strength modifier. All right, That's... This is immediately going into digital dice jail. I want to say like a strength, 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 a four. I got a four. Okay, and Bernie? I also got a four. This is going to end wonderfully. Well, it's not a ton of damage. You both take four bludgeoning damage, but you are Ow. not prone. And that is going to stay there, whipping about in that 20 feet. The room gets incredibly loud as the wind whips about. And uh, Shadow, 
It's your turn. You are just outside of the sphere of this tornado-like wind. Ah, well, that ruins Shadow's plan to run through it and get to the snake guy, I would think. He can run through it, but it would be difficult terrain to Wait, run right through it hold, and- hold on a second. I'm holding. I'm not sure whether difficult terrain is a thing for my party. Difficult terrain doesn't slow down your group's travel. Oh, traveling for an hour or more, it says. Never mind. Yeah, longer distance overland travel is what that's for. But in this case, uh, sorry. All right, well, Shadow's got to do what he's got to do. He's going to run through this thing to try and get in front of Travancore so he lands in flanking. We're going to die tonight. This is great. We we survived yep, the gelatinous TPK. cube just to die by the hands of a snake? Beetlejuice. A Beetlejuice. Let's make hey, this very hey, clear. His name is Sss, and he's my best friend, okay? Okay, what's Shadow's movement? Uh, Shadow has 40 feet of uh, movement. Is that with dashing or just his regular movement? That's just his regular movement. If he were dashing, it'd be 80. Then actually, he can just get up to this snake thing. The area of effect is only 20 feet in diameter, so he's able to, to run on 30. He has enough movement to make it up to the snake creature. All right, Fire Mongoose is going to bite this guy. Ah, but a 13's not going to do it. Sadly not. Nerds. All right, Bucks is in the other room. So, Travancore, it's now your turn. What would you like to do? I see. All right. <laughs> I see. Yes. Travancore is going to... All right, so, arrows, because arrows... What about Mortimer, King of Prussia? Well, here's the thing about Mortimer. Like, my range attacks are generally more powerful. Like, I would have advantage, but I wouldn't do as much damage if I were to hit him. So, I'm thinking I'm, I'm just gonna... Actually, you know what? Screw it. Travancore... Thank you. Seeing a giant snake in it, thinks to himself of something he told Olivia Passerak um, recently, where, you know, yes, it's dangerous to send the heir to a kingdom, like, out into the wilderness, but he needs to be able to handle his biz if he's going to be king of Burkhanum. So Mortimer, king of Prussia, is is she unsheathed. Okay. And he's going to attack with, and I'm going to move in, so I'm on advantage. All right, 23 is going to hit this fellow? Absolutely. Radical. All right, so it's going to do, that's going to do 10 damage. Uh, Hunter's Mark. Well, I won't, Hunter's Mark won't work for a range attack. For a, for a oh, it doesn't? Attack. No, it's just for ranged. Oh. No, I thought it did. I can double check. While you double check that, your rapier sinks right in and does some damage. It hisses and almost growls at you. Hit it with a weapon attack. Oh, weapon attack. It doesn't specify. I always thought it was just ranged. Oh, yeah. Well, Hunter's Mark damage then, too. So it's going to do another another four. All right. It's looking super hurt and it bears its fangs at you. Hey. Interesting choice of words. Guess what Shadow's going to do? He's going to try to bite it? He's going to try to bite him again. Sure. He's, he's, feeling, the, he's feeling this mongoose, mongoose mode. Guys, guys, look how bad you're hurting. Stop it. Uh, 20's going to hit this fight. Did you mean stop it? Yep, that hits. Stop, stop it. Stop it. Stop, stop it. it. Stop it. Steam heat. <laughs> All right. That's going to do their five damage. We're just so weird. Okay, Shadow bites down on this thing and tears off a chunk. It writhes and tries to snap back at him in anger, but you see it falter. And Travancore, make a perception check. Okay. Eight. Okay, you feel the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, and you could swear that you see the gold wire that's wrapped around this thing and buried into this thing's body that have all teleported with it. There's just gold wire leading everywhere. They seem to glow a little bit. Lovely. All right. Jonathan, it's your turn. You are prone in a tornado of wind. All right. Roll out. Oh, yep. And he rolls out to right uh, next to the wind, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, it stands up. So that's 20 feet of movement so far. 
And uh, he's going to use his last 10 to get uh, onto the corner of the area, kind of. And then around the corner of this, like, of this fear of horrible, horrible wind, he's going to send a fireball at that asshole. Okay. You mean asshole? Asshole. For fuck's sake! Fuck! 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what'd you get? Ten. Yeah, you're trying really hard not to hit Shadow, Carlton, or Travancore, and in your concern to not hit your friends, (sighs) you don't hit your enemy. I have rolled so many goddamn twos tonight! Mad happens. Ah! Bernie, it's your turn. She's essentially going to do the same, like, tuck and roll move that Jonathan did to get to get out of the wind tunnel and a little bit closer. Yeah, you can do that and move up a little bit and you can get within about 15 feet of this creature. And she's going to, since our, like, heavy hitter isn't really hitting anything. Yes, Shadow. <laughs> wow. You kidding me? Shadows hit everything. Shadows, yeah. shadows hit. Okay, question about my guiding bolt. Am I technically in flanking because this thing is really flanked a lot? So ranged attacks don't get flanking. Damn, damn. Oh, well. I'm going to do my guiding bolt and see if it hits. And I'm casting it as level three so we can do all the damage and kill this thing. So I'm going to do 6d... Six. 66. I hit, I got a 17. 17 hits, right? Because it hit last time. Oh, yeah. 17 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Blah. 16 points of damage. Nice. Go ahead and roll a perception check. Oh, that can't be good. Oh, it's awesome. Come on. 10. Okay, you feel the wires around you and under your feet surge with energy. Even though you just did a ton of damage to this creature, it's almost like it gets shocked by the wires feeding into it and it startles and it's still alive. We gotta cut these fucking wires. Okay, on a bonus action, I can move my spiritual weapon up to 20 feet and attack any creature within five. Oh, it's a creature. Fuck. Yeah, you could move it. You could even move it through the wind tunnel, but you can't quite get it up to this thing. You can kind of get it next to Jonathan. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, gonna move. I'm just going to go ahead and move this sucker so he's a little more central. Sure. Oh, next time I'm just going to take Kevin and hit a wire and die gloriously. All right, Carlton, it is your turn. Oh, my God. You... Can you please make that saving throw? Make you that look so hurt. Saving throw. Hold Can on, Bernie hold on. has a bonus action this. throw a rock at Carlton. Nah, you already moved your spiritual weapon. God damn. I got this. You look really hurt. So I reach, I go and I grab, I go, alchemy jug, uh, fresh water. Let me wash out your wounds for you. And I start like pouring fresh water on to kind of like clean some of the wounds that all my friends have put into my new friend. Okay. The bandages and wrappings still around it get soaked and you see this bluish black blood seeping through but it doesn't seem to do much more than that i try to like use some of the bandages that are already on him and reposition it to like cover the bite marks and the arrows and the all the damages and i'm like i'm sorry buddy the, the little one usually does the healing bernie can you help my new friend not on your fucking life go ahead and roll your wisdom saving throw all right i'm just pleased 17 <gasps> finally what? yes finally. i hope i hope Wait, what if that's not enough? I know, that's why I said I hope. You finish trying to help this creature and yell over at Bernie for assistance, and she says, not on your fucking life, and 
something snaps in your head and you look back at this horrible creature and you suddenly realize, why was I trying to help this thing? And I look at the thing and I go, we don't heal stupid. Correct. That means you might die today. Well, at this point, it's the creature's turn. First thing that happens is that swirling tornado of wind that you all rolled out of starts to crackle with static electricity. And Bernie, does a 15 hit you? It just hits. It hits my, it's my armor class is a 15. Okay. You are struck by this static electricity type lightning that is built up in this thing. And you're going to take... Probably a lot of fucking damage. Oh, yeah. Look at all those rolls. Stop rolling dice. 16 lightning damage as lightning arcs <sighs> out from this thing. And then... That was a bonus action. As an action, this thing sees the world has turned against it. And by the world, I mean Carlton. Oh, yes. Carl, you were its world. I was its world. Oh. You're my whole world, oh, bro. The feel. Wait, what the fuck am I wearing? <laughs> Carlton, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. I am good at these. Unlike wisdom saves. Are you sure? I'm not sure. 22. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Bless Bay. As it snaps out at you, you do manage to shrug off some of the necrotic damage as you will take half. So you're going to take, it would be 29, but you'll have that. So 14. Yep. And it will hiss at you and it is done. Yeah, fuck you too. It's Shadow's turn. I don't know, Carlton. Are you sure you don't want to go some more? All right, well, Shadow's going to do something a little different this time. Noticing all the gold-like wire running into this thing, uh, Shadow's going to try and grab as big a mouthful he can of this wire and yank it out of this thing. Sure. Go ahead and make an attack using his bite. Oh, cool. And he has advantage on that attack, I would guess. Oh, yes. Not that it's going to matter, because 10. Well, because he was going after the wires that were embedded in this thing and not actually attacking it... Then he actually does hit. He just reaches out with his maw and grabs uh, four or five of these wires and go ahead and roll damage. So I'll do six damage to the wire. Okay, Shadow is going to take five necrotic damage as he bites down and yanks on these wires. There's this surge of energy through the wires and it shocks him a little bit. But he does manage to yank the wires out of this creature, which screams in agony. Oh, well, progress. Yay! Okay, Bucks is still in the other room. Travancore, it's your turn. Noticing what his astute Baird um, kind of saw, Travancore thinks to himself, like, uh, there's that still that, like, arch of, like, uh, of, like, gold wire similar to that room we were in the other day, right? Let's, let's feed you into this thing? No, not anymore. Shadow was able to grab the whole cluster of four or five wires and yank them all out of this creature. Well, that's good to know. All right, because Mortimer, King of Prussia, is going to come out once again, and... With advantage, let's see here. Uh, 16. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Rad. So 11 from Mortimer, plus the Hunter's Mark is going to be another 5. So 16 total. So describe in gory detail the death of this creature. Yes! Finally! Whoa! Whatever King of Prussia saves the day! And I helped. No, 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 no. (laughs) So I I may have made a joke that I was going to use my next describing gory detail to launch like a backdoor pilot for an unrelated series of characters. But I'm not going to do that this time. I think this is uh, this is so much fun that I'm just going to. So Travancore, just sort of astonished and awed at how smart Shadow is and realizing that, you know, you know, all these different forms of life being connected with nature, like, you know, there's a wisdom to this bear. That he 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 trusts and he respects. So Travancore sort of you know 
takes Mortimer Pusha, runs forward, has the sword both hands like this, and because he's not really a strength guy ordinarily, he doesn't get a chance to do this, dives right in to the top of the head, goes down, and then this snake falls into two equal halves, bifurcated in the middle, and goes flat. And then Travancore, just sort of as a flourish, lands in kind of a little bit of an artless pose, but... But Travancore doesn't mind the uh, the symbolism too much. It's only artless because you're essentially using a rapier, which is a piercing weapon, to do a slashing maneuver. So, no, it's not your best landing, but it's still super impressive that you were able to cut this thing in half with what is essentially a stabby weapon. Sticking with the pointy end. You still scored high with the judges on artistic merit. Absolutely. You even get an 8.5 from the Russian judge. So as you <laughs> land and this thing turns into two pieces, the stink of it is horrific. And you can now see that the insides of this thing are a weird melange of extra organs and parts that have been recently sewn into it. It looks like this creature has been torn apart and put back together in this horrific way. As you take a moment feeling pretty good about defeating it, We'll pause there, and let me give you some experience for killing this thing and the zombies and for scaring the crap out of and then having a nice chat with Vang. I am so, I feel so bad about this poor thing. I really do. Yeah, you were you super scary. It scared me. I'll say this, Jonathan. I, I think it's good that Jonathan the Medgy Muscular feels bad, but you were kind of terrifying. There was a reason it took so long for Vang to realize you were not who it thought you were, that's because you were scary as shit. See, I was confused too, because he was like, like we were like, I didn't realize that he thought that I was that other person. So I was like, we were on two different wavelengths. It's like, okay, that's yep. that, unintentional that's, conversations. Right. I picked the wrong thing to use on this poor kobold. <laughs> or the right thing, depending on what you were trying to get out of it. Anyway, for that fun interaction, for killing all those things, for some of the interesting examinations of the room, I'm going to give you all a total of 4,540 experience to split between the four of you. That's a chunk. That's level That's level up chunk. Yay. Yeah, that's a lot of math. Well, this thing might have been a little difficult to kill, and you got some interesting info out of Vang, so those two things got you a lot of experience. I feel like it would have been a lot easier if I was able to like actually swing at it. I know. <laughs> it's fun to charm the barbarians. Okay, so what what does that put us at, real quick? Uh, 34577. That's what I have. That means we need to go take a long rest. Well, I feel like Jonathan, so Jonathan the Magimuscular is down a lot of stuff. So he would definitely, like he's out of second and third level spells and has one, he has two spells total. One is a first level and the other is a fourth level. Yeah, Yeah, Bernie's running low too. On one hand, pocket house. On the other hand, I think the Festival of the Moon's coming up pretty soon. Well, you guys can decide that next time but for the moment you are still in this room with a kobold who is alive but unconscious because you haven't given him any hit points yet and you are surrounded by the corpses of a few zombies and this weird creature and next time you can decide what you want to do next thanks for listening to our adventure follow us on twitter at dungeon drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter Welcome back to... Wait, where am I? 
What's this? Josh, we need you to record this promo clip, blah, blah, blah. You better do a good job or we are quitting your BS curse of straw nonsense. Well, uh, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but hey, everybody, I'm the current DM for Taking Initiative, a D&D 5e podcast. We're a bunch of goofs that love the game and wanted to share our playstyle at the table while still delivering a story you can enjoy and follow, even if you've never played the game before. We're Taking Initiative wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to thespark.network for all other info. A cassette tape? Montage for promo. A cassette tape? Really? Kent! Just the man I was looking uh, for. I'm so clumsy today. <laughs> I'm going to tie the pants around his head so that he can't speak or see. It's our scene, Kent. It's our scene, and Kent. Halflings in particular. Small, mm. ugly, children-looking motherfuckers like yourself. <laughs> they weren't exciting, but they were mine. They were my people. And now they're mine.